is the Vinny White Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. Good evening, good evening. My name is Vinny White. This is the Vinny White Show here on News Talk 1010 Toronto. You've got some fleshy chunks of news marinated in opinion and served with a comedic side salad, eaten with grace, courtesy and good manners, and then sent through a body and out of the anus of amateurism. The Vinnie White Show on News Talk 1010, this week live from London, a city that never sleeps, apart from after about 11 o'clock p.m., when many pubs still ring a bell and throw you out. Can you believe that? That still happens. Ding-a-ling-a-ding. Thanks for all the money. Good night. At 11 o'clock. It sort of makes you think you've time-travelled back to a Dickens novel. A feeling that quickly dissipates when you leave the pub and see high-tech ambulances zooming by on their way to pick up a victim of knife crime. (laughs) London. While I'm here, if there are any jobs going for the London Tourism Board, do let me know. (coughs) Oh, God. Excuse me. Oh, that's actually a genuine cough, but it leads me beautifully to uh, my next story. This week, Theresa May. Theresa May has the enviable position of leading Britain out of Europe and into a recession. Uh, she made a speech, of course, uh, possibly the worst speech that's happened in recent history to any leader since Robert Mugabe read the same thing three times without noticing, actually happened. Look it up on YouTube. Fantastic. Just kept going, looping, forgetting he'd read the first page and doing it over and over again, and no one had the guts to tell him. Love it. Love it. Don't love him, obviously, but uh, if you want if you want a bit of a giggle, Google Robert Mugabe's speech. Um, you might need a stiff drink to get through it. Generally, Theresa May's speech this week, the one that she made said, well, you know, Brexit will be fine even though she was anti-Brexit last year, and everything's going smoothly, even though so far Brexit has been about as smooth as San Francisco. But if there's one thing she didn't think would go quite as badly as it did, was her own cough and her own voice. You're going to need to hang on to something for this. This is Theresa May telling everyone that everything's going to be fine. But unfortunately, doing it with the conviction of a used car salesman who's been electronically tagged and is currently in the sights of a marksman. Ten years after Northern Rock, (coughs) our economy is back on track. The deficit is back to pre-crisis levels. Sounds as if my voice isn't on track. Let this party celebrate the wealth creators, the risk takers, the innovators and entrepreneurs. (coughs) We will oversee the biggest expansion in training for doctors and nurses. And we... (coughs) And we... Theresa May there, that was just a small clip of some of the more painful moments, hope you're hanging on to something, of her speech this week at her party political conference in Manchester, England. And didn't she sound fantastic? As if it wasn't bad enough that she coughed her entire way through it and ended up speaking a bit like this at times. Speaking a bit like this at times. Which is very hard to take anyone seriously. Not only that happened, but also a prankster managed to hand her a piece of paper saying that she'd now lost her job 
As if that wasn't enough, there was another thing that happened as well. One of the letters in the background actually fell off and it happened to be the campaign slogan. It did originally say building a country that works for everyone, but then the F fell off. So it actually read building a country that works or everyone, which doesn't really make sense, but it does prove that pretty much the only person in the entire room that gave an F was the wall. Now then, from a minor mishap to an actual genuine tragedy. Melania and I are praying for every American who has been hurt, wounded, or lost the ones they love so dearly in this terrible, terrible attack. We pray for the entire nation to find unity and peace, and we pray for the day when evil is banished and the innocent are safe. Donald Trump there speaking about the latest American gun travesty. Yep, the United States president and professional hungry child after a can of Pepsi watching his sister eat a burger that he wasn't allowed, Donald Trump, took a break from tweeting hatred for a few minutes to reflect on the Las Vegas shooting this week. It took him five hours to compose a tweet giving sympathy to the victims of the shooting, which in fairness at least was the right thing to do. Although it's notable that five hours is about four and a half hours longer than it took to tweet about last month's attempted bombing at Parsons Green Station in London. Uh, Mr Trump tweeted immediately after that one and asked authorities to be proactive. Uh, The police in London were presumably playing dominoes and they got up and found the culprit. There were no deaths in London that day. Police in Las Vegas have said that they are not treating the mass shooting as an act of terrorism, despite Nevada state law defining terror as any act that involves the use of sabotage, coercion or violence, which is intended to cause great bodily harm or death of the general population. Apparently this one isn't terror. And I wonder if we're all getting a little bit eyes off the ball on that one. Is it terrorism? Is it a mass shooting? Is it more important to call it what it really is? Unnecessary didn't have to be this way. In Nevada, you can buy guns. You can. I can. You can do it legally off the internet with no license. As long as someone's gone into a gun shop and bought a gun with a license, they can resell it to people like you and me without a license, and that's just fine. Is it? I don't think it is. I never have. I'm not okay with American gun laws, as I think most of us aren't. It's at times like these that Fox News and other bastions of moral annihilation remind us of the Second Amendment. For some in the US, guns are more important than oxygen. Guns are a way of life, along with watching NASCAR, which is known to Europeans and Canadians as fast roundabouts. Guns are a way of life, along with other American bastions like Budweiser, known to Europeans and Canadians as warm piss. And country music, known to Europeans and Canadians as moaning. America may have brought us flight It may have bought us air conditioning. It may be fantastic, and I genuinely think it is. But it also gave us tailgating, which is getting drunk in the back of a Chevy pickup truck outside a heavily sponsored ball game, which moves at the pace of a limping tortoise after a bong. What I'm saying is that there are bad things about America, and it's not just this obvious president. What I'm saying is, and yes, I am saying it, it's called the Second Amendment. Now, the United States is not my country, so I have to be slightly cautious about saying what I think should happen there. But the thing is, it's not just my opinion, is it? Let's just look at this for a millisecond. The Second Amendment to the United States Constitution protects the rights of people to keep and bear arms. It was adopted on December the 15th, 1791. 
I'll say that again, 1791. It was based on the 1689 English Bill of Rights, a British Act of Parliament, which also dealt with the personal defence of Protestant English subjects. So, technically, as with all these things, it's my fault. What I'm saying is, say it came out in 1689, okay? It was amended for the US Constitution and served as law in 1791. You know what firepower they had in 1791? Muskets. It took up a very long time to load them, and they normally had two shots each. Semi-automatic machine guns were not invented. If this doesn't make America change the way it thinks about guns, nothing will. Although I have said that same sentence after such travesties as Sandy Hook, so therefore I will almost definitely be saying the same sentence in a few months. And in all honesty, I don't know why I waste my breath. Why don't I just record this and insert travesty here? Today there was, insert travesty, a number of people died. It all happened because no one did anything about anything and the NRA have got far too much swing on things. I'm pretty sure, after all, you can change this law. It's not that mad. I'm pretty sure you can amend the right to bear arms to not include automatic machine guns since they didn't exist when the bloody thing was written. And if you think you can't, just think about the wording. I'm pretty sure you can amend an amendment. But having said that, I certainly have absolutely zero hope in this White House. After all, as I said last week, this is a man that spent more time criticising athletes than he has neo-Nazis. So no, unfortunately, of course we shouldn't trust him to reform gun laws. Obama struggled enough as it was. This guy is not going to do it. This week, though, it did come out that he might well reform tax law, which must be a good thing, right? Yeah, of course it is. My administration is working every day to lift the burdens on our companies and on our workers so that you can thrive, compete, and grow. And at the very center of that plan is a giant, beautiful, massive, the biggest ever in our country, tax cut. Don't really need to tell you who that was. Yeah, so there you go. That could only be good, right? Uh, yeah, sure. Well, kind of. Uh, not really. Not at all. Not even. Not even a little bit, really, actually. When you actually look into what his proposal really is, the analysis from independent agencies has found that the majority of the cuts, the tax cuts that are so beautiful, would benefit the wealthiest Americans. Particularly, guess who? The top 1%. Yeah, families making more than $700,000 a year. They would receive an average tax cut of $129,000. That's the tax cut that they will receive if this tax reform, beautiful, best ever, sexiest, gorgeous tax reform goes through. I like the fact that with Trump, everything's big, beautiful. Big and beautiful. Can I have a pint of beer? Sure, you can have a big and beautiful one. Oh, fantastic. Even better. So, I'm teetotal at the moment, so it's Freudian that I asked for beer. Um, yeah, so we've got this situation where everything is big and beautiful and told to be fantastic and believe me. But really, I mean, it would be very, very childish for me to replace any of those effects with fart noises. But, um, but I will. At the very center of that plan is a giant beautiful, massive, the biggest ever in our country. 
Of course, you could actually put more than that in and just do the whole thing as farts. It sort of sounds better. At the very center of that plan is a giant, beautiful, massive, the biggest ever in our country. Much better. Fantastic work there from the Trump Meister. Of course, if you really want to take Trump apart, there's no man that's quite as good as it as a British comedian, Scottish to be exact, called Frankie Boyle. Here's Frankie Boyle on Donald Trump. After that, we'll go to a break and we'll come back and speak to Amanda Capito. She's out roaming the world. We'll find out what's going on with her as we continue this Thanksgiving edition of The Vinnie White Show. So, first up, Frankie Boyle, the Scottish comedian on Trump. Donald Trump sort of looks like someone playing a president in a porno. <laughs> it's not just that he's the worst person for the job, he might be the worst mammal. <laughs> would, you, would you have bothered with the hair if you had his face? <laughs> if your face looked like a novelty jug that was made in a secure unit pottery class? <laughs> this time I'm joined by a lovely little thing that tweets joyous wonder in my ear. Her name is Amanda Capido. Happy Thanksgiving! Happy Thanksgiving, Vinny! I have made a lifestyle choice this week. Can I tell you about it? Yes. I don't think you've done it. I don't think a lot of people do. It's called Sober October. Wow. No drinking for a month. Sober October. Yeah, I went to Spain last week and it was quite a wobbly one for quite a few days. I saw the Rolling Stones live and... um, how was that? By the way, it was really good. Mick's still got it. He's 73 and he's either doing a lot of yoga or a lot of cocaine and I'm not sure which one. Or both. <laughs> Ideally, yeah. He looked amazing. <laughs> there was a moment where he let Keith Richards do two songs and everyone sat down and wanted to cry. And then I think it was a strategic move by Mick because as soon as Mick got back on the stage, everyone went mental and was upstanding and giving him massive applause. So I think I think it's quite a cunning move to look good. Anyway, after watching The Stones in Spain, we, we stayed there for a few days and um, I sort of locked into a hotel room for a few days because it all kicked off with the Catalonia Separatists. And in that hotel was a bar. So, you know, my excuse is that I was locked in a bar, what are you going to do? So I ended up drinking quite a lot in Spain. And by the time I came back, um, I thought, you know what? It's time to have a bit of time off. And then someone, a friend of mine, said uh, they're going to do Sober October. So I thought, yeah, all right, I can do that. I've never had a month off booze before. So it's quite a big commitment. That person that put me up to it went out and got drunk last night. How is that all right? <laughs> well, it's only eight days in. I feel like... I think it might be harder than you might imagine. You've never done a full month without alcohol, right? No. 
I have got yeah. some zero um, percent IPA and some zero percent stout. Which in the old days, when you used to drink, uh, some people might remember a beer called Calibre, which is an alcohol-free beer. And in the old days, um, alcohol-free beer used to be absolutely disgusting. I'm not making this up, Amanda. I genuinely mean this. It's really, really nice. Yes, it tastes exactly like a beer. It really does. In fact, yeah. the psychosomatic cases that after about three bottles, you feel drunk, even though you're not because you're so used to feeling that beer buzz after a few bottles. So you kind of get drunk on the placebo effect, which is definitely healthier than the original drunk. And you don't <laughs> spend about 10 minutes telling everyone that you love them. So I'm, I'm bang into it. <laughs> You're, so you're just banking on fake drunk for the rest of the month. Okay. <laughs> Stumbling down the road with an alcohol-free beer in your hand. <laughs> Very politely, this is a telephone intervention, and I'm shipping a few bottles out your way. That's what I'm saying. Oh, oh wow. Okay, so we're making this about me now. <laughs> <laughs> I remember you in Nicaragua with a big old two-liter in one hand, caning it back in the sunshine, unlike myself, who was just having a nice green tea on the deck. So yeah, oh, get I think out you... of here. <laughs> I've also tried to do these cleanse type things where you do alcohol free for a month. A month I realized was very, very hard because it is really embedded in our culture. Dates, you it's also a crutch that people go out for a drink. And so I had That's to why. Like, That's I'm it. Just you nailed it. Go. Yeah. The girl that fell off the wagon last night, the girl that put me up to it, said her excuse was that she got drunk last night because she was on a date. And yeah. she goes, I really liked him, so I couldn't help but drink. Like, if yeah. you really like someone, surely you don't have to drink. But I, I kind of get it because it's so embedded in our culture. But yeah, when you, and you don't want to have a first impression of you coming across like you're not up for a good time or... Well, I think you open up by saying, I normally like a drink, but I'm doing Sober October and you should be all right with that. I don't, I don't really have any sympathy for it. In fact, I had a massive argument with her this afternoon and I don't even know her that well. Um, but <laughs> it was officially our first <laughs> oh argument. Yo, choose your battles, Vinny. <laughs> yeah, all right. I'll buy her a beer. Like, sometimes, just... I, sometimes we're fighting and I'm like, he's doing this just to get angry about something. Didn't you used to produce for Jerry Agar? <laughs> yeah, so why do I keep finding myself attracted to men? <laughs> so there you are. I've given up booze for a month. There's four weekends in October. That's the first one down. Um and now I've said it on the radio, if I fall off the wagon, then I'm officially an absolute loser. So far, my observations, as you made, yeah, it's very embedded in our culture. I went out to the theatre last night, and after the theatre, the logical thing to do was to have a drink. So it's those sort of things that are embedded in your normal evening that I've got yeah. to change. But I have to say, I am quite enjoying it, and it feels really good to wake up fresh and clean. Well, isn't that just fine and dandy? Till the next time you see me, which will be in November, yeah. I'll be in a puddle of my own sick. Confessing my undying love again. <laughs> the longest I did, I, the longest I made it was two weeks. But it was a struggle, especially with weekends and events. So I can't even imagine what it would be like for someone who actually had an addiction issue. You're, you're on Twitter, aren't you, Amanda? At Amanda Capito. At A Capito, yes. Yep. So <laughs> as you can see, I'm a very loyal follower. Twitter follower called a, is it a, a tech disciple? <laughs> No, no it's just a follower, but hey, I'll, we can call them disciples for you. All right, I might have made it a little bit too biblical for no apparent reason. This week, an American decided uh, to label England as a terror hotspot, and there was an interesting backlash. He said England has a terrorist attack every hour, and they don't even have the balls to have guns, and they want our guns. Uh, this could have been a tongue-in-cheek remark, but a number of Brits on Twitter took 
quite big offence to the inaccurate assumption of the fact that England has, quote, a terror attack every hour. So uh, the response started, and these were some of them. Uh, the first one, I think you're confusing terror attacks with Top Gear reruns. <laughs> Not bad. Uh, next one. I know, right? I just realised I'm running late for my three o'clock terror attack. I'll have to reschedule to the four o'clock one. Uh, <laughs> someone else says uh, the four o'clock one was cancelled, actually. So apparently they're doing two at five o'clock. Apparently thoughts of <laughs> prayers are still valid for the ones at four for the five o'clock showing. That's amazing. Um, someone else said, I waited for two acts of terrorism and then three showed up altogether. Someone else uh, said, uh, I have a card from a terrorist saying, sorry, he missed me. Anyone know when I can collect my terror attack? And someone else said, honestly, actually, you're right. That's exactly how it works here in the United Kingdom. We now keep our time by one terrorist, two terrorist and three terrorist. <laughs> <laughs> you know what this is i think this is great it's in, it's making terrorism not what it's meant to be to create terror if you can have a laugh about it i think that's winning right that society exactly. as a whole winning i think so you nailed it exactly and on that note it's quarter to terrorist so i must go soon <laughs> <laughs> uh amanda it's been a bit of a choppy call but it's been a pleasure to hear your lovely tones is everything all right with you yeah all is well thanks for having me benny have you found your husband yet <laughs> No, is that gonna, that's the ongoing mission? And yeah, following? sort of like, I feel like, you know, because I'm a little bit older than you, in the words of George Michael, very much as a father figure. And I think now is about time that you stopped embarrassing this family and got out there and got married, all right? <laughs> Thanks, Dad. <laughs> any uh, any good-looking fellas about? No, literally zero. Oh, such a shame. If you know any, let me know. The problem is when you're a fella, you know men, but you know what men are like. And I like you too much to put any of the men I know on you. I think that's a compliment. <laughs> Thank you. I don't know what that is. I think I've just single-handedly made the whole of humanity grind to a halt because there's no hope. <laughs> I've been to a lot of weddings recently and I feel like everyone's looking for love at the weddings. But for me, it was, it's just... It's too much. It's too try hard. I actually. Well, the weddings are I've worse been... when you're single because the classic question is, "Oh, is there anyone in your life? Oh, why not a nice girl like you? Oh, I didn't have anyone, then I found someone, and look at me and John now. Aren't we happy?" And at that point, you just want to go postal. I know, and it, and also it's very like meet cute esque. Like it's it's almost like out of a movie when you meet someone in a wedding. It's too much. I like I was at a wedding just a week a week or two ago, and my shoe got stuck in one of the the. It was at the Steam Whistle Brewery, and they have these tra train tracks, like these railways, because it obviously was a yeah, railway. Yeah. And they filled it in with rubber, but then I stepped in between the rubber and the and the railway track, mm. and my heel got wedged in there, like so wedged in there, I couldn't, I could not get it out for the life of me. And so I was bending down, yanking the shoe. The shoe was ripping, and I was trying not to create a scene, but. I was there for a solid 10 minutes just yanking and a friend came. She was like, I have a key. And she was trying to wedge it out with her key. It wasn't working. <laughs> like, it was just, it was, it was, it was, it was chaos. And eventually a guy came up and was just like, hi, oh, your shoe's stuck. Let me help you. Let me get out my key. I'm like, why is everyone giving up their keys? And I don't know why he, his key was the one who, who got it out eventually. And so here he is like, Putting on my shoe, I, I was cringing on the inside. I'm not, I'm not like this. I don't like the girly, like I'm a damsel in distress. Let me, let me be rescued. 
Well, you weren't happy with this. This is literally what actually (laughs) women want. This is this is the archetypal fairy tale. It's presented to you, and that's not good enough. Why? Because his horse was the wrong colour. No, this is. I don't like when people group together. This is what women want. It's not what women want. I would love someone to meet me over like an intellectual debate over something, not rescuing my shoe and putting. Yeah, but given that situation, he did a nice thing. What did you want him to do? Come up to kick you in the face and then give you a Dr. Martin so you can limp on with stupid unmatching shoes. In the situation that he was presented, he did the right thing. It's just unfortunate for you that you weren't a massive fan of the situation. You're so boisterous. You want to be in a pub having a massive argument and some bloke who happens to have read every page of news for the last 200 years comes in and gives you a PowerPoint presentation on some of the considerations of your argument that sides mostly with you, that introduces you to a slightly new angle and then buys you pissing dinner. That's what you want, isn't it? Maybe if I was immediately very much attracted to him it would have been different. But I felt it was just too much for me. Dance with me on the dance floor, or like we did a shot together at the bar. I don't know, just something a little bit more, like less. But a like shot. Less Jennifer I thought you were looking for romance, not a Jaeger bob. <laughs> All right, I'm going to have to go because we've got some important talk radio to do. And unfortunately, you and I, as always, are standing in the way of it. So um, happy Thanksgiving. Thank you too. Bye. Ta ta, love. Listening to the Vinnie White Show on News Talk 1010. Happy Thanksgiving to you. This is the bumper Thanksgiving edition, although it's actually the same size as every other edition, and it's pretty much the same content. But occasionally we mention the word Thanksgiving, so it's a bit different. And of course, most of our audience are slightly drunker than normal, which is fine by me. Although since I'm doing sober October, I would appreciate your support those of you that are sober so if you want to get in touch go to vinnywhite.co.uk v-i-n-n-e-y white just like the colour or vinnie white if you prefer it that way .co.uk and send me a message of go on vin you cannot drink till november you big clever man um it's really weird actually doing this whole sober thing because you don't realize that other people think it's absolutely no deal whatsoever a lot of the people i've spoken to said so i haven't had a drink for seven weeks anyway whereas some people i speak to say oh my god you're going a month without booze you might as well cut off your limbs so it's really weird how different people translate this sober october thing that i'm doing but i will pursue it all the way and i hope you're doing it too and if you're not and you're mildly pissed ah good for you Have fun. Do what you need to do. Who am I to judge? Looking at news now from St John's, Newfoundland. And a quarter of the parking metres in St John's have been stolen, it was reported this week. I'm pretty impressed that Newfoundlanders became sober enough to do this. Well done, guys. Mm. The city installed a new set of smart metres about three years ago. They're basically very clever parking metres that are quite expensive. But the problem is, a lot of them are being 
beheaded. Yeah, beheaded by vandals. Thieves have found a way of ripping the top off the devices to get the money inside, officials say. It's a crime that's costing the local government around $1,800 a day in lost revenue. Or to put it in layman's terms, the entire income of Newfoundland. Thieves can only expect a, a very low return for their crime. The average meter collects around $10 a day in cash, sometimes less. An increasing number of drivers are paying, of course, by card. But the spate of theft has reopened the debate as to whether St John's actually needs parking meters in the first place. Councillor Sandy Hickman said this week, I think enough people at City Hall now realise that we need to look at an alternative method of charging for parking on the side of our streets suggesting kiosks where people can pay for parking spaces. The most pressurising problem, he said, is that people can park for free at broken metres, which loses the city valuable revenue. We want turnover as opposed to people parking for free all day, he said. He, called Sandy. I've never met a male Sandy. Each to their own. Uh, it's not the first time that St John's has faced problems with their metres. They were first installed in 2014. The city was forced to cut the poles down to size after it immediately became apparent that the upward-facing screens were too high for people to read. I love the, I love these stories. You see the same in all city councils. They always do it, and then they find out that no one could read them. And you know the guy that put them in knew that he was doing it wrong, but he thought, I'll just do it. I was, I was told to do it. It's not my problem. If I, I can't read them, oh, give me more work next week. Give me more work next week. Now they've adjusted the height of them all, but uh, now they're very easy to decapitate, apparently. If you're listening in St. John's, why not decapitate your parking meter and park for free? Uh, we can learn from us in Toronto, of course. We have the solution for free parking in Toronto. It's called the Gardner Expressway. Occasionally you do get asked to move, but if there's a game on on that day, you rarely have to move more than just a few feet forward, and then you can pop the brake on and relax for the entire day. You're welcome. Welcome back to the Vinnie White Show on News Talk 1010. You can listen at Newstalk1010.com, which will divert you quite nicely to iHeartRadio.ca. iHeartRadio.ca. Your that didn't come out well. Let's try that again. iHeartRadio.ca. Your home for all kinds of things. From the best talk radio in Canada, fact. I'm on it, so that's that then. And uh, the best music radio in Canada. Mm, all kinds of music from sea to shining sea, all the way across Canada, all for free, all in your ears. iHeartRadio.ca. Mm. Um, finishing off soon, but I want to let you know that today uh, Vice President Mike Pence left the 49ers Colts game, and he did it very, very early. Yeah, Vice President Mike Pence left the 49ers Colts game after about a dozen San Francisco players took to a knee. During the national anthem, yeah, the former Indiana governor flew in just so he could watch Peyton Manning's jersey retirement ceremony today. But he certainly didn't stick around for that. In fact, he didn't stick around long at all. Pence said on Twitter after he flew away in disgust, I left today's Colts game because the president of the United States and I will not dignify 
any event that disrespects our soldiers. Presumably that includes the wars of Afghanistan and Iraq, but he didn't go into detail. He added that uh, to disrespect the US national anthem is also something he cannot dignify. He can't associate himself with that. He can't he can't he just can't handle any disrespect to the US national anthem, meaning Mariah Carey will be absent for some time. I think it's great that he left though. I'm glad he left. Great. I mean it was always gonna happen. And the great thing is now he's set a precedent, he'll have to leave everything. He can't really go to anything. Because it's, it's always going to happen. I think it's great. Good. I'm glad you left, Mike Pence. It's great that he has this idealised image of the America that he and his orange criminal brother are rapidly destroying. He should have flown away. He should have flown right away, though, having watched nothing but the acts of defiance that was quite clearly aimed directly at him. I think Pence should use that plane to fly. But keep flying. Fly to Tonga. And become a mountain goat. Wrap yourself in a US flag and fire bullets at cardboard cutouts of the village people while making sure that no goats carry out abortions and that there's no tax on goat feed. What I'm saying is give the guy a project. Make him feel special. Just make sure it's far away from any possible damage. Goats, the way forward. He and his demented cornflake lookalike of a partner in crime can probably just about handle looking after goats. Obviously, some of them will die, but that's fine. They're goats. I'd rather goats pop off. Is it clear during this show that I think that Donald Trump is Satan and Beelzebub wrapped into one manifestation of pure evil? I, just, I, want some, I think sometimes I don't make myself clear enough. Uh, in case there's anyone sitting on the fence thinking, I wonder what Vinny's opinion is, I can't stand him. I hope that's clear. I also think that J.K. Rowling had a really good point when she said, if you get a phone book and open it at any page, then get a pen and then point to a name randomly in that phone book, that person's going to do a lot better job than the Trump Meister General. I'm with her on that. I'm with her on that. Uh, finally tonight, here on the Vinnie White Show, the Thanksgiving bumper, but not that bumper edition, I can tell you this. A man claiming to be from the year 2048 this week says he was back with a dire warning. Yes, it was a peculiar scenario, but I like it. After delivering his message, Bryant Johnson was charged with public intoxication. A Wyoming man accused of public intoxication allegedly told police that he travelled from the year 2048 to warn mankind of the impending invasion by extraterrestrials. That's already impressive, but then consider it's still about 1998 in Wyoming, so that's even bigger time gap. Nice one there. Bryant Johnson issued his grave warning to Casper Police on Monday as he was uh, rather drunk, wandering around the streets, making a bit of a nuisance of himself. He smelt of alcohol and spoke with slightly slurred speech. He allegedly told officers that the aliens were coming are coming next year, and we need to make sure we leave as fast as possible. We need to leave as fast as possible. <laughs> Have a cigarette. Uh, according to the report, he didn't specify an exact date or time for the alien's arrival. He refused to speak with nurses or doctors when he was then hospitalised, just for his own safety, apparently. Uh, he said, I don't want to speak to any nurses or doctors. Instead, he insisted on meeting with the president of the town, police said. There isn't a president of the town, so that made it quite awkward. Johnson informed the police officers that he was able to travel through time because the aliens filled his body with alcohol. Nice. Nice. Good get out. Uh, he also claimed he stood on a giant pad 
which then transported him to the year 2017. Though he said he was supposed to be sent to the year 2018. I love that. I love the detail, you know, because that's not mad enough. I can't believe I've got 2017. Supposed to be next year. Unbelievable. Uh, Johnson was transported to the Naturona County Detention Centre without further incident. Uh, he then disappeared in a flash of burning light and only his clothes were left behind. I might have added that bit, if I'm honest. It was very difficult not to. I'm fighting the urge to do a, a full-on army. Um, is that it? My God, what on earth happened to the show? I can't believe it's over already. A uh, quick plug for a couple of things. MrPhotoCanvas.com, a company, a good one. What do they do? They make canvas prints. Mm. I'll have to check them out. <laughs> this is quite schizophrenic. I'll have to check. I'll, I'll play two characters. It's easier. You know what I need is a really nice canvas print. You need to go to MrPhotoCanvas.com. Why? Why are they so good? Well, unfortunately, they can't do much about your voice, but they can make you look sexy on canvas. You know that picture of you? Yeah. Well, that one, the one you really like? Yeah, well, I quite like it, yeah. Well, it'll look even better when it's blown up on canvas. Well, it's a bit egocentric just doing me, isn't it? Well, then, why don't you include your wife? Yeah, there is a picture of me and my wife. I actually should really like that, and Christmas is coming. Exactly. Email that. Where to? Well, don't worry about the details now. Just go to mrphotocanvas.com. Why? I've just explained the entire thing. All oh, right then. What's it called again? I've already said it enough, and my boss will be upset with me if I carry on promoting it so haphazardly. All right then, I don't want to get you in trouble. Good. There you go. Uh, who needs a co-host anyway? Thank you so much for listening tonight. You have been listening to the Vinnie White Show. Do tune in to the rest of the amazing shows right here on News Talk Ten Ten. David Eddy is next. He will look after you. And, of course, all the programming on News Talk 1010 uh, will be slightly different tomorrow because of Thanksgiving. But do tune in for some of the best of the best from recent times. Happy Thanksgiving to you and your families, no matter where they are. And an extra special thank you to Canada for letting me be Canadian this year. I'm very thankful for it. Happy Thanksgiving. center of that planet is a giant, beautiful, massive, the biggest ever in our country, 